You're listening to the Seppi Painter Podcast, episode number 298. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. Your creative habits are the small things you do today and every day that add up to create the results that you will have in your art practice next year. So if you want something different in your art practice a year from now, start paying attention to the creative habits that you practice today. We often underestimate the compounding effect of the default choices we make every day. And that can work for us, or it can work against us. So today, we're going to talk about using that to your advantage. We're going to talk about how to make that work for you. I'm going to give you two small shifts that are super easy to implement no matter where you are in your art practice. If you're just starting out or you have decades of consistent painting practice. This will apply to you if you have never sold a painting or if you have consistent income from your work. Your technique, your subject matter, your style, your voice will all get a boost from what I have to offer you today. A few weeks ago, I got to connect with a lot of you in Growth Studio Week. We spent five days together and I taught workshops on creative confidence, trusting your voice, money mindset, perfectionism all the things that we study and practice inside of Growth Studio. And I asked more than a hundred artists who joined us, what do you want most from your art practice? And you know what came up the most often? Consistency. Consistency was one of the answers that came up most. You want a consistent painting practice. You want to be productive consistently. You want to show your work consistently so that you can sell it consistently. The little things that you do every day are what create that consistency. So we're going to explore the number one thing that gets in the way of that consistency. And then I'm going to give you one simple habit that you can create that will have an enormous ripple effect when you put it into practice and form a habit around it. So I'm going to tell you what that is, and I'm going to tell you how to turn it into a habit. Super simple. Before we do that, though, I want to give a shout out and an acknowledgement to one of my Growth Studio members, Leslie. Leslie has been in Growth Studio for about six months now. And what I have noticed about Leslie is that she shows up to the coaching calls and she listens to everybody else's coaching as if she is being coached herself. That is a habit that Leslie has that she shows up with. Leslie takes other people's coaching and finds her own gems and finds how it applies to her own situation, which is brilliant. This is one of the reasons why I love coaching artists in groups, because it gives everyone a diverse view into what's happening in other artist studios. You get to hear coaching on familiar topics from many different viewpoints. One of the things that I notice is I'll be coaching somebody and they will say something along the lines of, I'm not really sure if this applies to everyone else. And they tell the story. They tell us about the situation that they have. And I will just look around and see all of these nodding heads. So it is an amazing experience to be within this group of artists because you get to hear coaching on familiar topics from so many viewpoints. And what that does is it gives you multiple perspectives, strategies, and tactics for something that you might be struggling with. And if you're like Leslie and you treat every coaching question as if you are being coached on it, 
you are able to be coached from a more objective place. When it's someone else being coached, you're not distracted by your own stories that you have about the situation. So you are more open to receiving the coaching. It's just a brilliant way to accelerate your growth and progress. Leslie raises her hand for coaching often, and she also gets what she came for, whether or not she asks for coaching directly. So Leslie sent me a message recently, and she said, this is what she said. She said, Antrees, I did it. I asked for more money and I got it. Your voice was in my head when I was working on my proposal the entire time. You can't get more unless you ask for more and stay out of your client's wallets. Leslie goes on to say, I decided that I was limiting myself by worrying about what they would think. And I am open to receive abundance. You are teaching me so much and I'm so thankful for you. So big shout out to Leslie. That is a huge win. And I'm so excited. Great job, Leslie. There is so much more coming to you. Abundance is on its way. It is here for you now. I want you to notice Leslie's habit of asking, how does this apply to me? And her willingness to create that open space for herself is what opens the door to receiving abundance. So listen, a lot of small moments and micro choices led to her creating that result. And that is the first thing that I want to highlight today with regards to your creative habits. So oftentimes there is a gap between where you are in your art practice and where you want to be. And we don't recognize how much progress we are actually making. It's really, really easy to get tunnel vision and only look at a single baby step as if that's all that's happening. Okay. So often with these, when you have a huge project that you're working on, or you have this big audacious goal that you have set your sights on, The way that we get there is by taking tiny little steps. You make a decision about what is the next best thing that I can do, and then you take that step. And this is where people get tripped up is when they think, when they only look at that baby step, that next best step, that is a beautiful thing to do to make a decision and to make a decision quickly and to keep yourself moving. But if all you're looking at to determine your progress is these little micro baby steps, then that's when it becomes so easy to get that tunnel vision and just get a little bit like I'm not moving anywhere. Like I've only gone this far and I have so much further to go. So we're looking at how far we are from the goal or how far we are from the end of the painting series or how far we are from whatever it is that you're trying to create. And you're not looking at, oftentimes we're not looking at like where we started and all the progress that we're making along the way, especially when it comes to skill sets, especially when it comes to drawing capacity or capacity to learn color or things like that. This is where I see it the most often is people are not pulling back and looking at how far they've come. They're just focused on like, well, this one thing that I did today, the color isn't great. And therefore that's how it is permanently forever and ever. Amen. And what that means is like the daily progress that we make every time we paint something, every time we make adjustments in our painting, we are constantly consistently and always learning, yet that daily progress is discounted or it's minimized. It's like it's not a big deal. 
you're not recognizing the compounding effect of every single one of those baby steps. It's not just about the single baby step. It's that you took the baby step and then you learned something from it. And then you made your next choice about what is my next best step. And in order to make that choice, you took into account what you learned in the previous baby step. And all of that just keeps compounding and compounding and compounding. It makes sense that we do this. So I want to make sure that you understand this. It makes sense that we would focus on that piece of it because we are hardwired to pay attention to the short term. We're hardwired for instant gratification. And that dopamine hit can be really addictive because it gives us immediate relief to the tension that we feel. That tension that we feel from wanting something and not having it. We talked about this a few episodes ago, the willingness to feel discomfort, the willingness to be uncomfortable, to feel that discomfort. So the discomfort really is comes from thinking that we should be where we are not. We should be better skilled than we currently are. We should be in a gallery that we're not in. We should be making more money with our art. We should be at a completely different place than we currently are. And that when you really like unwrap that, that discomfort comes from our own impatience. So here is a habit that I want to offer you as a solution to this, right? So we've got these baby steps that we're taking. We're going into our studio and we're just thinking, what is my next best step? And we're taking that step and we're assessing it. And then we go on to the next step. And what I would like you to add to that is celebrate your wins. Celebrate all of them. Your big wins, your small wins, the tiny little things that you do, no matter how insignificant it might seem. So I'm going to give you an example. Take time, for example, to notice and appreciate what is right with your painting. So often we come in and we look at our painting and we have this huge long list of all the things that are wrong with it, all the things we still need to do, all the ways that it's deficient, all the ways that the marks aren't landing right, all the ways that the colors just aren't working, all the knowledge that we don't have. We just like focus our attention on that. Instead, just take time to notice and appreciate what is right with your painting and celebrate that. Or give yourself a fist bump for showing up in your studio today. If today is a studio day, celebrate that. I am in my studio. I said I would be here and I am here and I'm going to celebrate that. Like throw your arms up in a V for choosing to listen to this podcast episode because you are moving yourself forward. You are doing something positive. You are doing something for yourself. You're doing something for your art. Here's why this matters so much. When you purposely practice celebrating your wins, what you are actually doing is you are training your brain to recognize and acknowledge progress, to not just fly by it, to not just, it's like a game of tag we play, which is like, boom, tag, and then you just run past it and don't even acknowledge it and go on to the next thing. We want to train the brain to recognize and acknowledge when we are making progress instead of fixating on what's not happening. We want the brain to celebrate what is happening. What you focus your attention on, you get more of. 
So you are using this to your advantage to rewire your brain. You are creating your own dopamine source, right? You're creating your own dopamine hit. So you don't have to go to social media or cleaning to get your dopamine hit. Like, I know that sounds a little bit weird, but that's kind of what we do. We're in our studio, we're working on something, maybe the tension of not being where we want to be, of the painting not being what we think it should be, the tension of the gap between where we currently are and where we want to be is there and it's uncomfortable. And so oftentimes what we want is a little relief from that. So what we'll do is we'll go to social media and we get the dopamine hit from looking at other people's feeds, from seeing likes, from talking to other people. Or if you're a weirdo like me, you get a dopamine hit from cleaning your kitchen, from cleaning the house. The reason why it's a dopamine hit is because it's easy, brainless. Your brain gets to see something started and finished as opposed to being in this place where you're not recognizing that you have made progress. So it's very unsatisfying when all you're doing in your studio and with your artwork is to notice all, like to make that list of all the things that you still have to do. You don't get any satisfaction for completion and our brain loves checking off the box. It loves seeing things done. So that's why doing things like cleaning the house, doing dishes, gardening. That's another thing. It's very, very satisfying because we are kind of, our brain gets to check the box. We have visual verification of progress made. There was a pile of dishes on the counter and now they are all clean and shiny and in the dish rack or in the dishwasher if you have a dishwasher. Or you walk out into your garden and you see some weeds and then, you know, you take a few minutes and you pull them out. It's very satisfying to have that completion, to have things like checked off the box. So that is why creating your own source of dopamine and acknowledging and celebrating, bringing this habit of acknowledging and celebrating your small wins is so important because you're creating that dopamine hit for yourself with your work rather than using a distraction to do this. Now, at first... You might struggle to find anything to celebrate. That's totally normal. So you're not used to looking for what to celebrate. So it might feel hard at first. You might really be like, I've got nothing, right? And the other thing is a lot of us were taught not to celebrate or taught not to make a big deal out of anything, right? Because you never know when the other shoe will drop. You don't want to get too big for your birches. You don't want to be arrogant, all these things, right? We have all these thought errors inside of our head that we inherited from other people. So that might be another reason why your brain might tell you, no, 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 don't celebrate that. Don't celebrate that you just walked into your studio. Don't celebrate the things that you are doing right. Don't celebrate the what's happening, what you're doing so well in your painting because there's all these other things and you really don't deserve it. That's what our brain tries to tell us. And so we are practicing not believing that and we are practicing saying, no, we're going here and we're going to celebrate this. 
For those of you who are in Grow Studio, that is what we're going to be practicing in all of our calls. We do it in the critiques all the time, and then we're just going to go all out on this. Every single call, I want to hear about your big wins, okay? So we're celebrating the wins, we're celebrating the little ones, we're celebrating the big ones. You're creating your own dopamine hit so that you don't have to go to social media or cleaning or all these other things. This is how you tone down the inner critic. And listen, I know because I hang out with all the artists all the time, there are a few of you, maybe even you, whose brain is telling you, you might lose your edge if you are too nice to yourself. If you celebrate this, then you won't push as hard. If you celebrate this, you will somehow let yourself off the hook. Listen, I want you to hear me on this. You can be ambitious and driven and still have your own back. I'm going to give you an example with my dog training, okay? Because our primitive brain reacts much the same way as my dog's brains, because in reality, it's more similar than not. Our survival brain, that part that was created first that we call the primitive brain or the lizard brain is in charge of survival. And that's kind of where my dog's brains usually are. So my dogs have this habit of running up the hill and barking at the gate. If anything, I live at the end of a cul-de-sac, if anything happens on that street, if a cat walks by, if Alexa, the female dog, she hates motorcycles. So if a motorcycle goes by, she just loses her little mind. That little primitive brain of hers just goes danger, danger, like, and she just goes nuts. Okay. So if I go out and I yell at them, it just agitates them even more. They don't know what I'm saying. They just know like, oh, we're all excited here. We're all making noise. Oh, good. The human's here and the human is yet making noise too. I'm going to make even more noise, right? They have no idea what's going on if I go out and yell at them. If I ignore them and I let them bark, they will just spiral out and bark more and more and more. Instead, what I do is I reward them with really, really yummy food for what it is that they do right. So if I yell at them, And I yell at them to come to me. Like if I just like open the door and stand there and be like, Sam, Alexa, get over here, right? In that angry voice. And then they come and I yell at them for barking. They have no idea what's going on. All they learn is they learn to associate coming to me with being punished, which is not what I want. I don't want to teach them to associate the thing that I want them to do, which is to come to me with punishment. So instead, when they bark, I call them, they come running to me, they lay down at my feet, they get heavily, heavily rewarded for doing that. Like I've got little hot dogs, I've got little pieces of meat, I've got cheese, I've got anything I can think of that they love, right? So the reason I do that, it's like overboard on the rewards is I'm teaching them that when they come to me, amazing things happen in the forms of treats, belly rubs, and loads of praise. Like I just act like they just saved the world when they come running to me and they sit down, lay down at my feet. This did not happen all in one shot, okay? So at first, I had to walk all the way up the hill to the gate to get their attention. So at first, that's what they were rewarded for, just looking at me. That's all I wanted. 
at first was I just want them when they go nuts at the gate to notice that I'm two feet away from them and look at me. And when they did that, when I got near them and I called their names and they looked, then they were heavily rewarded for that. And bit by bit with tiny baby steps and lots of celebration, I got them to come running down the hill and they sit at my feet. I open the door, I call them and they come running. Then they sit at my feet. And now we're adding in the laying down. They sit and they lay down because I want them to be calm. We do that with baby steps and lots of celebration when they do anything, okay? This also works on your brain. That's why I'm telling you the story of my dogs. It's not just because I love to talk about my dogs, which I do, but this works on your brain. If all you do is criticize your work and tell yourself you should be somewhere different than you are with your art, you're creating a hostile work environment for yourself. This is why. So many of you are not consistent with your work because you have trained your brain to expect punishment when you go into your studio. You have trained your brain to expect that no matter how hard you try, the only thing it will get in return is a really long list of all the ways and all the things that you didn't do right. All the ways you're a disappointment, all the ways you're not good enough, all the ways that your drawing's not right, that your colors are off, that the composition is wrong, all of those things, you just have this massive list. Part of you has this super strong desire to be an artist and to create these amazing pieces of work. That's in your heart, so you don't give up. You can't not paint. Your heart won't let you. But there's this little part of your brain that is a horrible terrible boss. It can be downright cruel and abusive. This is the environment that you create for yourself. You don't even realize it. And the few times you do, you think you deserve it for not being different than you are. So you're just like piling on even more punishment, even more negativity. So just imagine that for a second, someone who knows that no matter how hard they try, they will be berated and their work will be diminished. It doesn't matter how many things they do right. That boss is going to find that one thing they did wrong and it's going to fixate on it and it's going to just keep talking about it and it's not going to let up. How frustrating is that? How discouraging is that? And how sad is that? So please, I'm begging you, stop doing this to yourself. Your job this week is to create a work environment for yourself that is fun and inclusive and makes you want to be in there, makes you want to go in more and more and more and more. Find something to celebrate. Develop the habit of celebrating anything that you can. It might be hard at first, I know. Some of you might think it's dumb or cheesy or that crazy lady on the podcast, Antrice, doesn't really understand how bad things are with this painting or she definitely would not suggest this. I know that you think the painting's not working. I know that you think that you should be making more money with your art, that you should be somewhere different than you are. I know you are convinced that things really, really, really should be different than they are. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. And I know some of you want to fight me on this, but for this week only, just play this game with me. Just try it and see what happens every day. When I go into my studio, I will find five things to celebrate. And then when I leave the studio, I'll find another five things to celebrate. 
That's 10 things that you will celebrate in your studio. Even if you only spend an hour in your studio, I want you to do it anyway. Okay? Give yourself a fist bump for cleaning your brushes last night. Throw your arms up in a V when you notice that one brush stroke that sings. That's just like, la. Pat yourself on the back for that color that you just mixed. Do a little dance for the part of the compositions, the parts that are leading your eye around the canvas, because this matters. And it will create space in your brain for you to access your creative thinking instead of shutting down and instead of making yourself feel incompetent. When you start to do this, when you give yourself those 10 moments of celebration in your studio, you are training your brain to see the progress. You're also turning down the volume on your inner critic. You're not letting the inner critic have the microphone 100% of the time. Those of you that are worried that it's a little bit much, trust me, I know. I've seen how you are. (laughs) Finding 10 things to celebrate in your studio is just a drop in the bucket compared to how often you probably criticize yourself in your studio. So don't worry about going overboard. I'm pretty sure you won't. All we're doing here is developing this habit of celebrating and noticing everything that you're doing right. What we want is that to just on repeat when you walk in to your studio and when you leave your studio, you are noticing and celebrating the things that you did right so that we get more of the things that we want, right? So the more that you celebrate, the more that you will give yourself things to celebrate for. You will put yourself in that mindset where you'll put yourself in that space where you have access to your full creativity and that part of your brain that has all of your answers, your true voice, your higher self. That's what we are cultivating. That's what we are calling forth. That's what I have for you today. Have an amazing week, everybody. And I will talk to you soon. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.